Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. It's truly hard to believe, but we are 100 episodes in to the podcast, uh, a few years in. Uh, this podcast began in the year 2020. Yes, I know, <laughs> the year of all years, a uh, difficult year for sure. But now we are in 2022, and so we've been working on this for a few years now, and it really amazes me that... Uh, We've got so many episodes that we've put out, 100 episodes, this being the 100th one. And, uh, of course, there were a few episodes before Scattered Abroad Network, but uh, most of these episodes now under the umbrella of the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcast. I can't thank the guys at Scattered Abroad enough for including the Everyday Christian Podcast on this network, and I know that there's so much, and, and I try to say this frequently, but there's so much available uh, for you, the listener at SAN, that, um, you know, for every day of the week, you can find something that you will benefit greatly from in listening to. What we want to do for the episode for today, and this is going to be a very long episode, so please understand that going in, but we're actually going to take my top 10 favorite moments at the Everyday Christian Podcast, my top 10 favorite moments. We want to go through those and just kind of share with you some funny moments as well as some important thoughts uh, from the scriptures that I believe are some of the best content that we have been able to put out at the Everyday Christian Podcast. In my opinion, of course, uh, I am biased, uh, but I am the host of the podcast, so I get to choose uh, which moments are my favorite. Uh, quite a few of these are funny, so uh, you're, you're going to notice that uh, recurring theme, but uh, also there's some other recurring themes as well, such as I've got a couple of episodes on sports. I am a big sports fan, and uh, I'm really surprised I've only done a couple of episodes out of 100 on sports, uh, but two of them did make my top 10 list. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and start playing some clips from my favorite top 10 moments on the Everyday Christian Podcast. By the way, there will be some links in the show notes, so you can go back and listen to those episodes uh, in their entirety. Number 10. This is season number one, episode two. So the very second episode of the podcast, I did an episode called Postmodernism versus the Bible. And in this clip that we're about to play, I'm going to mention the fact that, hey, what is the point of having a podcast if truth is relative? What's the point in me trying to convince you of anything, scripturally speaking, if truth is relative? Have a listen. Well, because we can't really know anything according to these theories, and there's no objective truth, everything's relative, then we get statements like this. How dare you try to tell me how to live my life? Have you ever heard that? Or how dare you tell me that such and such is a sin? Again, that's postmodernism. How dare you judge me? How dare you try to convince me who to vote for and tell me that that morality is important in voting. How dare you try to convert me? We hear things like this all the time, and it's interesting that it's becoming more and more taboo, it seems, to even speak about morality and religion. And then finally we hear this sometimes, you do you and I'll do me. In other words, everything's fine, we'll just We'll just go our separate ways. You do your thing, I'll do my thing, 
and we can both be okay. Well, that's what postmodernism is teaching, but that's not what the Bible teaches. Let me say this. If that is biblical, if that was okay, if postmodernism were true, well, then there would be no point in this podcast. I'm trying to convince you of biblical truths in this podcast. But if that were true, if postmodernism were true, well, then what would be the point? There would not be any point in it. In fact, there'd be no point in me being a preacher, and there would be no point in evangelism, and so on and so forth. Now, of course, those of us who are Christians, we understand that being a preacher, being an evangelist is extremely important. But postmodernism would say no. So there you have it. There is my number 10 favorite moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast. That is from Season 1, Episode 2, Postmodernism versus the Bible. Moving on, my number 9 favorite moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast. This is also from Season 1. This is Season 1, Episode 9, Everyday Christian's Everyday Routine. Uh, this is my second most downloaded episode that I've ever had. Uh, my number one uh, episode most downloaded would be uh, For the Love of Preaching with Houston Welch. But uh, this is the second most listened to episode, and I can certainly see why. Uh, we all need help with our everyday routines, especially when we think of it from a spiritual perspective. Have a listen. Proverbs 26, verse 14 says, As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. You can picture this, a door turning back and forth upon its hinges and a slothful person turning back and forth upon his bed over and over and over again, and perhaps hitting that snooze button over and over and over again. Well, the Bible teaches us that we need to get out of bed at a reasonable time in the morning. Of course, this is something that we all struggle with, right? I struggle with it from time to time, especially on the weekends. But even on the weekends, really, you think about it, you don't need to just stay in bed all day. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I have noticed that if I sleep in, particularly if I sleep in 30 minutes, really, or an hour or more longer than I usually sleep, I just end up being groggy and unproductive all day long. Whereas if I would have just gotten up, close to the, the normal time that I get up in the morning, then I have a lot more energy throughout the day. And so I think there's wisdom there for us as well. Well, I don't know, but let's say that you need to be at the office or school or what have you, let's say at 8 a.m. Well, if that be the case, then it's probably a good idea to wake up a couple of hours before that. So perhaps 6 a.m., depending on your commute to work or school, of course, you would possibly need to adjust that, give or take. But the point is, you need to give yourself plenty of time to, number one, not have to rush to work or school or wherever you're going. And number two, you need to give yourself, more importantly, some time to do spiritual things in the morning, to accomplish those things in the morning. And there are two particular things that I want to mention that is good for us to accomplish every morning. And that, of course, is number one, prayer. And number two, study and meditation upon God's Word. Mark one thirty-five says about Jesus, And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, 
he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now, if the Lord needed to take such measures to rise up a great while before daylight in order to go and in, into a solitary place and pray, then shouldn't we do the same? I think it stands to reason that we should. Psalm 55, verse 17, again, what we've already read, Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. It seems to be the case that it was common practice for the Jews in the Old Testament to set aside special times for prayer three times a day. You might remember reading in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, that this was Daniel's habitual practice to pray three times a day. Sometimes we sing the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. Apparently, according to what I have read in commentaries such as Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary, the Jews had three hours of the day that they would set aside for prayer. The third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour of each day they set aside for prayer. That corresponds to 9 a.m., 12 noon, and 3 p.m. in uh, the way that we calculate time. Also, I want us to mention a few verses in which meditation upon God's Word, devotional worship to God, and also teaching are mentioned as being conducted in the early morning hours as well. Psalm 119, verse 148 says, My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate on your word. The idea being that while most everyone is still asleep, and only the night watchmen are awake early in the morning before sunrise when it's still dark outside, the psalmist would get up to meditate upon God's word. Meditation, careful consideration, and deep reflection upon the meaning and also the application of God's word in our lives. So he would do that through the night watches. Well, we need to be waking up early and meditating on God's word. All right, so that one was a little bit longer clip there, but uh, that was my number nine favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast, Everyday Christian's Everyday Routine, season number one, episode nine on the Everyday Christian podcast. Now, moving on, my number eight moment on the Everyday Christian podcast uh, we're going to get to hear somebody else now. So uh, I've done, obviously, a lot of talking in those first couple of episodes. Now we're going to move on, and we're going to talk with John Mitchell. This is my number eight moment on the Everyday Christian podcast. John Mitchell talking about everyday Christians in the voting booth. The throne. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 3. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. Again, that's in the Bible for a reason. And the reason it's in the Bible is because, well, think of Solomon. You remember Solomon? In an, in an election year, we are always told uh, that the economy matters most of all uh, yep. when it comes to choosing a leader. But Solomon brought Israel the most wealth that they would ever have in their history. And yet... He also became extremely idolatrous and immoral. And if you read Old Testament history as a whole, you'll see that it was Solomon's immorality and idolatry. That's what started the path to his country's downfall. Yep. Again, that's in the Bible for a reason. 
And, and Solomon Solomon ended his life, I believe, right with God, and, and we see that in Ecclesiastes, I think. But still, yes. he, he he set a horrible precedent for kings that followed him. Exactly. And both usually Christians, we we're talking about how Satan uses ignorance. Christians, I think, have forgotten that if they knew it to begin with. Right. Uh, you know, there are, in the manuscript, there are so many passages in, that I bring out from Proverbs and Ecclesiastes uh, that show what God wants in government. Uh, he wants a certain kind of person to be in power. He wants men and women who are honest and not greedy. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 12, 28, verse 16, 29, verse 4, all that, those passages are show that to be true. He wants leaders who surround themselves with wise counselors, Proverbs 25, verse 5. He wants leaders who are tough on crime. That's very relevant to our current situation. Yes, it is. Proverbs, Proverbs 20, verses 8 and 26, bring that out. He wants leaders who do not oppress the poor. He wants leaders who refuse to enable the lazy. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 15, 29, verse 14, Proverbs 31, verse 9, all of that brings all of those passages bring this out. Um, in Ecclesiastes, uh, you can read in many, many passages that uh, it, it can show exactly how bad government governmental authorities can get if they aren't, in fact, godly people who fear God. And Christians, uh, Christians focus on the atrocities of abortion and same-sex marriage and we directly correlate those as the result of ungodly leadership. And we are correct. That is the truth. But the Bible brings out a lot more than just that. Right. And, um, for example, in Ecclesiastes, uh, let me ask you, let me ask your listeners a few questions. Uh, if you go to Ecclesiastes chapter three, uh, and look at verse 16, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 16, it says, Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice even there was wickedness, and in the place of righteousness even there was wickedness. How often do we hope for righteous government, for uh, righteous judgment from government, but instead all we see is wickedness and iniquity? Pretty often. And well, I mean, Solomon brings that out. Uh, if you go to chapter 4 of Ecclesiastes, look at verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. Again, I saw all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold, the tears of the oppressed, and they had no one to comfort them. On the side of their oppressors there was power, and there was no one to comfort them. Do we see the tears of those who are oppressed by people who are in power today? Certainly we do. Look at chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes, verses 8 and 9. If you see in a province the oppression of the poor and the violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher ones over them. But this is gain for a land in every way a king committed to cultivated fields. You know, we, we all know about how justice is perverted by those backroom deals that are made between politicians and lobbyists and, and businesses and dictators and others who are in positions of power. That's exactly what Solomon's talking about here in chapter 5. Yep. And, and chapter 8, I'm not going to read 
all of chapter 8, but if you read pretty much verses 1 through 14 of chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes, and then think about what you've seen here, what that passage is talking about is things that we've seen in government today. We've seen presidents uh, and other rulers act foolishly. We've seen uh, presidents, governors, congressmen, some of them rule to their own detriment only to be forgotten in the years after their deaths. That's what Ecclesiastes brings out in chapters 8. We've seen some in governmental authority choose to persist in their wickedness because they knew they would get away with it. They knew that their judgment would not come quickly. Solomon warned about all of that in chapter 8 of Ecclesiastes. Um, And I bring out other things as well, but Christians don't... I, I, I would be surprised if more than a handful of members of the church were aware of these passages. Right. We, uh, we don't focus on that. So there we have my number eight favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast. That was John Mitchell, Everyday Christians in the voting booth. That was the season two, uh, the old season two, pre-scattered abroad, uh, episode 10B. So I kind of had a funny way of titling that episode back in those days, but uh, Season Old 2, Episode 10B, Everyday Christians in the Voting Booth with John Mitchell. I uh, had heard a very well done sermon from John Mitchell, who's a good friend of mine and and a mentor of mine. Heard a very good lesson that he did at the uh, Power Lectures in South Haven, Mississippi, and uh, that was from the 2018 lectureship the uh, the devil, and uh, his title for that sermon was The Devil in D.C., and uh, how, you know, Christians can get mixed up in uh, improperly using politics, and so uh, I was very impressed with that sermon that uh, John Mitchell had done there at the Power Lectures and wanted to bring some of that into the podcast. Uh, I believe thoroughly it is important for us as Christians to vote, and we have that right uh, as Christians if we so choose Uh, But we need to make sure that we're handling ourselves properly if we so choose to get into politics. So that's my number eight moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Next up, we have one of several entries on this list of my brother, Lane Green. Lane has recorded several episodes with me, including a series called Teen Perspective and uh, he did some various episodes regarding music, movies, sports, uh, school, etc. And uh, anyways, uh, I really enjoyed these episodes. These are some of my favorite episodes that I have ever recorded with my brother, who was 16 at the time. And uh, this is where the humor gets into this list a little bit, as you're going to see. Uh, certainly, I had a lot of fun recording with Lane, but uh, was giving him a little bit of a hard time kind of ribbing him a little bit since he is my younger brother. And uh, the humor definitely comes out uh, in this first episode uh, that is on the list. This is my number seven moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast, Teen Perspective Music with Lane Green. And we talk about this a lot. What you, we we use that uh, common uh, phrase, you are what you eat. It's the same thing here. You are what you listen to. Oh, yeah. And if you're listening to inappropriate things, it's going to come out in the way you live. Absolutely. And, and we've seen that, I'm sure, right? We we see people acting 
on the things that they're listening to. It, it becomes a part of you, the the music that's uh, that works. And whenever you listen to inappropriate things, it's going to tempt you to do. Like yeah. you listen to a song. Let's say you've had a drinking problem in the past. You listen to the song as talking about getting drunk and all these things. You're like, man, I really wish I could go get drunk right now. If you know that that song's got that in it, t- change the channel. Do not listen to that. So now that you have that quote in full context, now let me show you what I really was tempted to do with my brother. I wanted to take this clip. Man, I really wish I could go get drunk right now. Yeah, that's the one, Lane. Thanks. So uh, I really wanted to take this clip and, uh, you know, blackmail my brother with it. But uh, I thought about it. I said, you know what? That's probably not the best thing for me to do uh, as an everyday Christian. Uh, But I do have to let let you in on... Uh, my evil sense of humor there. So that's my number seven favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast. Uh, Lane, in all seriousness, he did a really good job on that episode. Go check it out. Uh, Teen Perspective, Music with Lane Green. Uh, But I I could not make this list uh, without uh, adding that piece of humor into this. Moving on to number six, my number six favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast. You guessed it, Lane makes an appearance again. And this one is in the same series of lessons, Teen Perspective Relationships. Let's pull a few clips from that episode and let's give Lane a hard time again. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, idea of relationships today. Lane, have you ever been on a date? I have never been on a date, no. Aww, poor guy. Ladies, he's single. Just saying. <laughs> so, uh, and he's 16. And he knows karate. That was clip one from that episode. Here's clip two. All right, can I stop you right there? Yes. So most people, when they hear that first word, older, they're like, oh, I'm not interested. So can you like sell that for us and explain the reasoning behind why it's so important to you? Well, I'm not necessarily saying, oh, it's your grandma or grandpa. <laughs> For instance, you, you're 31. That's the That's good, right. I'm th- cool. Are you calling me old? <laughs> Older. Older. Okay, okay. All right. We're cool. My brother Chase, he's 31. He's got a lot more wisdom. And <laughs> Say that again. He's got a lot more wisdom than a 16-year-old Say, Say that a third time. Come on. He's got a lot more wisdom <laughs> than a 16-year-old does. And he's going to ensure that I don't get into any trouble... And do something that is um, outside of something um, inappropriate for inappropriate unless you're married. Unless you're married. Okay. And so it also helps if people see it's like me, whoever I'm courting, and it's we and Chase and his wife Lindsay are with us. They know that we're not doing anything inappropriate. Did you get this from like the Duggars or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving him a hard time, but I've actually studied some of this as well. And clip three. Uh, so basically what you're telling me is when, if, and when you do decide to date, but we'll call it court, you're going to come over to Oklahoma and you're going to double with me and Lindsay. Is that right? If possible. Yes. If possible. Or, okay. or another, um, someone like us, Christian someone awesome like us. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Someone <laughs> um, who's 31 and really cool. <laughs> And has their own podcast, right? <laughs> okay. So anyways, I, I get what you're saying. And finally, clip number four. So, 
Let's review. So you're going to meet a Duggar. You're going to bring the Duggar to Oklahoma, and we're going to go to what's your favorite restaurant? Mm, Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. We're going to have a great time, and then I'm going to bring you all the way back to Louisiana and then take the Duggar girl back to Arkansas, and that will be the date. Pretty much, right? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So uh, we're obviously joking here, but it's really not – you know, a lot of people look at you like you're crazy if you bring up courting instead of regular dating. But it's not a bad idea, is it? I mean, it's why would we not want to be pure in our dating relationships and be careful? Okay, so those were a few quick clips from Season 4, Episode 16, or uh, Season 2 with the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, episode 16, Teen Perspective Relationships with my brother Lane Green. Uh, obviously, I had way too much fun uh, picking on him in that episode, but I loved that episode. It was a lot of fun to record. Give him a hard time, but you know what? We talked about some important uh, principles for uh, keeping dating or you know courting, whatever you want to call it, keeping it uh, proper uh, in a Christian context. So that was my number six favorite moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Moving on now to our top five. So uh, we get into another episode with a good friend of mine, and this is Avery Hackney. Uh, We do an episode or several episodes on mission work with Avery Hackney, and uh, we got into a funny exchange where uh, he he said some things that were quite scary for somebody that might be considering mission work. So uh, I recorded a special um, intro to an episode, and I'm going to include include that as well as uh, a little bit of the next part uh, in this funny clip. Last week on the Everyday Christian Podcast. A couple that come to mind is the first trip I took to Africa. So I, I took my first trip in 2015. I went to Panama. It was a great trip. Um, you know, I was with friends. The first time I went to Africa, I was completely alone. I'd traveled alone across the, you know, basically the other side of the world. And I'm over there. I knew a couple people there that live there full time. And so I did have some comfort in that. But at one point I got a parasite in Africa. And I honestly thought I was going to die. I I called my parents and told them like, this is it. I'm out. I'm done. I'm not going to make it back home. But I got a really bad parasite while I was over there. And I, I experienced paralysis for about four days. I could not move my arms or legs. I laid in bed. We're not trying to scare them, Avery. We're trying to encourage them to be missionaries. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, it, there's a little bit of realism that you need to know when you're traveling overseas. I think this is a great time that we should start talking about in-state mission work. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Uh, that was definitely definitely an interesting story. Hello and welcome to Season 4, Episode 12 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I wanted to throw that uh, reminder of last week's episode in there to start this podcast. So that was just a really brief one there, uh, but I really enjoyed re- recording uh those several podcasts with Avery Hackney talking about a very important subject, with the, which is uh, mission work. But I thought that was hilarious, uh, that point in our conversation where uh, he, he was talking about what had happened to him. And, uh, yeah, I was trying our best not to scare people away from 
going overseas. So that is my number five favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast, Mission Work with Avery Hackney, part three. That is season four, episode 12, or uh, season two with the Scattered Abroad Network. Next up on our list of my favorite episodes, number four on the list, we're going to be joined by Caleb Rutherford, a good buddy of mine. Of course, you know him uh, with his work at the Scattered Abroad Network as well, being one of our co-directors. Well, we had another discussion about sports uh, with Caleb Rutherford. Check this one out. You know, so many times people people talk about their commitments to all these things that they've made in life. And they talk about their commitment um, to sports, to this team, uh, or to, to, to this school, or, or, you know, to whatever it is. Um, and they say, well, I've put so much money and so much time, so much energy into this. Um, I, I have such a commitment to this thing. I've got to go on a Sunday and play this championship game. Or I've got to go on a Wednesday to this practice. Or I've got to do this and do that. But what about our commitment to Christ? That came first and foremost before everything else. Um, it is the most important thing in our life. When did that get pushed down to the very bottom of the totem pole? At what point in our lives do we decide, hey, sports is more important. I've put all this commitment into it, and so therefore it's my commitment to Christ doesn't really matter. It can take a back seat, and I'll go when I have time in my life. It reminds me of people, other people in the day of Obadiah um, and how um, they – or excuse me, the book of Amos – um, how they were so wrapped up with luxury and entertainment. And if they had time, they threw in that worship to God. And it sounds just like people of today and our world and our society. Just because you travel um, and you spend lots of time, lots of energy, lots of money, um, just because you've made it to this championship game, none of that really truly matters. All that matters is if we're glorifying God and worshiping him. And you've also got to think about it this way too, for parents, you know, what kind of, what kind of example are you setting for your kids? If you, and you can use work in this example, too, if, if you prioritize work over going to worship, or if you prioritize sports and you say, hey, you know, kid, you've got this championship game. I know it's on a Sunday morning, but you've got to go to this game. I put all this money into it. You put all this effort and work. We're going to go to the championship game and we're going to win it. Um, what kind of example are you setting for your kids? You're showing your kids that the most important thing is not worship. Or rather, it's going to win this basketball game or win this football or win baseball or football or whatever it is. And that's such a hot topic today because so many times kids are so involved with all these extracurricular things and parents push that and that's fine. But there comes a point when you're doing, you're doing too much and it begins to crowd out um, everything else. And so, you know, parents, you need to really think about, you know, the choices that you make and the example you're setting for your kids. What makes you think that your kid is going to continue going to worship and keep that as a top priority in his life when you showed him growing up that you could go to sports instead of going to worship or instead of going to Bible class or instead of going to this youth rally or gossiping or whatever it is? And so, you know, we commit to so many other things in this life. Let's make sure we don't forget, first and foremost, our commitment to Christ. And I think about what Paul said in Galatians 2 and verse 20. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I'm not living for me anymore, but it's, I'm living for Christ because Christ who Christ is the one who died for me. Absolutely. I appreciate what you said about needing an escape, uh, the ability to get away from everyday life and just the hustle and, and bustle. And certainly sports can provide that kind of outlet. And another thing I really am glad you mentioned is, is the fact that we are here to glorify God. As Christians, that's it. We are to glorify God and to live for Him. Right. And sports can be an outlet to glorifying God. And if we're doing it the right way, then people will see Christ shining 
in the way that we're living out our athletic involvement. Right. Um, but at some point, you can cross a threshold where, yes, you were glorifying God in your sports involvement, but you can cross this threshold where it becomes more more about self rather than God. Sure. And, and you're making an idol into those sporting events, and you're pushing God to the side rather than actually putting him first in everything that we do, which would include our sports. Right. It's kind of like a, kind of like a plate of food. You know, you have your main dish and all your other side things. Well, when, when God and worship become those side things and entertainment and sports become that main, that main part of our lives, that's when we begin to have issues. It's fine to have that entertainment and sports, but they need to know their place. And we need to make sure right. that we know in our lives, God is going to take that first place. Absolutely. Certainly, that is a very important subject, and I'm glad that we covered it with uh, Caleb Rutherford on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Um, I've got another episode coming up on sports uh, that's going to make this list as well, but I just think about how you know sports is so easily idolized in uh, our nation today. And Again, I'm a big fan of sports, but we can take it too far, and uh, Caleb did a great job in uh, recapping those ideas in that episode. You can look that up. It is uh, the old season number two. That is the, the second season before we joined Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, episode five, Everyday Christians in Sports with Caleb Rutherford. That is our number four. Uh, my favorite moment on the Everyday Christian podcast. Now we're moving into number three. This is one of our more recent episodes. This is from the series called Game Plan with Joe Wells. Have a listen. Can you imagine a time in America where we wouldn't even pan down below the waist because the movements were provocative enough? And then we've got Miley Cyrus today doing everything that she's doing. And, you know, people who just watch whatever video awards and it's like, okay, is that even something that shocks people today? Right. And which goes back to the agenda. You think about how agendas work. It's over time. Satan knows exactly how to desensitize people. Yeah, it's uh, it's really appalling, and it's just hard to believe how desensitized we are that now nothing shocks us. It it really is sad. Yeah, it really is. So even to the point where we have individuals walking around and basically nothing but pantyhose. Yeah, showing the shapes of bodies, and our culture is so used to it that it nobody even thinks anything about it. You see it all the time. That's right. Yeah, that's why I will tell you, yoga pants are not pants. Absolutely, <laughs> that's to- totally inappropriate. I, d- I don't understand it at all. Yeah. But, uh, um. So you move on from music, and then you go into movies, and you mentioned a couple of movies, uh, ground groundbreaking films like Blackboard Jungle and uh, Rebel Without a Cause, mm-hmm. James Dean, and uh, these sorts of movies really created the bad boy stereotype, mm-hmm. and. Uh, these guys became heartthrobs, and all the young ladies, they said, hey, I want the bad boy. And yeah. It's weird. I, I don't know what it is about um, the taboo that seems to be attractive. But, right. You know, I go back to the Garden of Eden. That piece of fruit was taboo. Right. From the standpoint of we knew we sh- she wasn't supposed to eat it. Adam knew he wasn't supposed to eat it. So if having the knowledge of something is not enough to stop you. What is it about it that so overcomes an intellectual knowledge, right? Well, it's the same question about David. 
David knew Bathsheba wasn't his wife, mm -hmm. but he knew that, but it wasn't enough to stop him. And so when I think about ministry and I think about relating to people, I'm going, wait a second, I got, you can look in the Bible numerous times where having intellectual knowledge was not enough to stop something. And so there's got to be a, there's, there apparently is a draw to the forbidden, Imagine right? That. And so, yeah. And so when I look at this, these movies and you're talking about why did these bad guys become what was looked at as the, the heartthrob, right? And of course, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and suggest to you that it wasn't the looks of James Dean, sure, right? Sure. But it was also, what was it so much about what was going on in culture at the time that we did see an attraction to what I would say would have been the taboo, the bad guy. And of course, all of that is because there was this growing concept of adults don't understand teens. Teens are more mature than adults give them credit for. And it really was kind of an asserting of uh, individuality. And so Blackboard Jungle, Rebel Without a Cause, um, you know, you go through the list of, of everything that was there, all these cultural uh, iconic movies. And what you're going to find is it played directly into the growing change and the growing development of the teenage demographic of we're independent, we're more responsible than adults give us credit for, um, we need to be recognized for who we are. Therefore, we're going to come up with movies that are what are called teen angst films, which is the younger, the younger population are the ones who figure it all out. And the older population within the movie, those are the bad guys. Those are the ones that are inhabited by the aliens. Those are the ones that have ulterior motives and just don't get the kids. And if the world is going to be saved, then the teenagers have to save the world. Yeah. Right. Well, that is the one and only Joe Wells. Uh, he needs no introduction. Really like Joe Wells. He's a, a great guy, down-to-earth guy, but also a guy who speaks a lot of truth and uh, much-needed truth, and especially culturally and what we're dealing with in the culture. And, you know, Hollywood has done so much in the uh, breakdown of our society. They have pushed so many agendas, and we talk about that a lot in those uh I think it was three episodes with Joe Wells. One of my favorite series I've done on the podcast, Game Plan uh, with Joe Wells, based on the book Game Plan that you can order from Kyo Publications. Highly recommend it. But yeah, um, just really, really good moment here on, on the podcast. And I'm so glad that we, we were able to get that content with Joe. Uh, that is my number three moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast with Joe Wells. Uh, the episode title was Game Plan, A Conversation with Joe Wells, and that was part one, season three, episode number 19. Moving on, we're going to get back into some of the humor, <laughs> for sure, with this episode, and we're also going to bring the sports back in. This was our other sports episode, this one with my brother. Uh, again, the uh, series of episodes was called Team Perspective, my number two moment on the podcast is uh, Sports with Lane Green, Team Perspective, Season 2, Episode 18. Have a listen to these clips. Well, we want to continue our series and, and finish our series today on Team Perspective, and we've got a really cool teenager named Lane Green. How old are you, Lane? 16. 16. Wow, you're young. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> Uh, you need to read Ecclesiastes 
chapter 12. Right now. No, not right now. <laughs> Later. It'll give you a good perspective. And the next clip. So, Lane, tell us a little bit about your background in sports. And I have to ask, is what you do a sport? Personally, I would say yes, but at the same time, I don't, I don't view it as a sport. I view it as more as sense. more of a lifestyle. Oh, you sound so pretentious. <laughs> okay, what do you mean by that? Well, it's kind of like it's 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 like it but less so. Um as Christians, you know, we live a certain way. As um people who do karate, we live a certain way, so we believe in respect like and principles and stuff. We have principles that we follow, so um okay. That's okay. what I mean by that. I can I can get on board with that. <laughs> I'm really good at karate. I just don't know what I'm doing. So, anyways, so yes, uh, Lane does karate. Is there a specific like form of it you do or whatever? Chung Do Kwan Korean karate. What is that? What is really style? Called? Yes. Is that South Korean or what? South Korean. South Korean. Mm-hmm. Say it one more time. Chun Do Kwan Korean karate. Chun Do or Taekwondo. Kwan. Why don't you just say Taekwondo? Well, Everybody's heard of that. because that's our specific system. All right, now I'm just lost. What is a system? <laughs> um, well, like our system is like, our system is like, how do I explain it? Okay, uh, never mind. Don't, <laughs> all right, just don't go into that. Okay, so he does Chun Kwan Do. Is that right? <laughs> Chun Do Kwan. Chun Do Kwan, also known as Taekwondo. Okay. It's, it's, it's a branch of Taekwondo. Okay, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. It's a branch. Okay. So he does that, and uh, you want to tell us how you have been doing? Tell us your rank. I'm a black belt. He's a black belt. Uh, my brother's a black belt. First level black belt. So if anyone ever comes and picks on me while I'm recording my podcast, I'm going to tell them my brother's a black belt. <laughs> so you better watch out. They're going to be like, oh, really? Who is he? He's going to be like, I'm going to be like, he's a 16-year-old. And they're going to be like, Pff. I'm going to be like, okay, you want to mess with him? Anyways. Yeah, like I said, there's going to be a little bit of humor in these clips. Uh, Hopefully my wife's not listening to this. She's going to be like, you're so immature. But anyways, I mean, that's what brothers are for, right? All right, let's move on to the next clip. Okay, okay. Uh, You've also played a little football, right? Yes. Remember I was younger, I was like 10 or 11. Y'all were like the big shots. Not at all. No? (laughs) One, one, uh, no. I'm... (laughs) Our team was not the best. Our first year, we did pretty good. Y'all were really good year, until you got in trouble. The second your, your year, your coach got in trouble, I should say. The second year, tell us about the coach. What happened? I'm not going to call out my coach. Okay, okay. But the second year They're, I played, they were too old. <laughs> yeah, we had some players that were way too old. <laughs> way <And> too old. <laughs> That's why y'all were so good. And so the second year, we didn't score a touchdown. <laughs> so y'all went from being amazing to being terrible. Yes. Oh, that was fun. So, oh, those were the days. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wow, Lane's pretty awesome. This <laughs> team is great. And then it came, to, came out. That to y'all... be fair, the other teams cheated too. Okay, I did not know that we were cheating because I would not. Right. You, wouldn't, that. you would not condone that, yes. of course. So I just want to put the, that out the, there. Well, I was a little kid. It was the superiors of the team. Yes. We'll say it that way. Yeah. Ah, those were the days. Uh, how about one more clip from this episode for my number two moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast? So, 
uh, Andrew, my son, played t-ball for the first time this year, and he had his last game rained out uh, last week. Well, guess what? They rescheduled his game on Wednesday night, and we have church on Wednesday night. Not only did they reschedule that last game on Wednesday night, but they also scheduled the, the team pictures on Wednesday night. So guess what? We missed his last game, and we didn't get to be in the picture. And I was an assistant coach on the team, and I was really looking forward to having that picture of the team and uh, remembering the kids that we've been working with all season and my son and me and the other coach in a picture so that I can remember that. Well, that didn't happen. Just kidding, guys. I've got one more clip from this episode I wanted to, to put in here as well. But I didn't want to leave that one out because that really was an important point that we made in that episode. Uh, the Lord and, and his church comes first. Uh, plain and simple, that is our number one rule when it comes to sports as a family. Um, we weren't missing church uh, for something such as a picture and, and a game. We just weren't going to do it. So I wanted to make sure and include that. Uh, but I do have one more funny clip that I want to include now. For a, a lot of parents, and I'm not calling anyone out or anything, but I've seen a lot of parents, it's a pride issue. They, uh, oh, my son, he's the star running back for my football, for our football for Louisiana team. Tech. Yeah. And, uh, go dogs. He's got to go to this championship. It's on a Sunday, but he has to go to it because he cannot miss this. This is the biggest opportunity he's going to have in his life. Is that the dad voice or the mom voice? Probably the mom voice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there you have it. My number two favorite moment on the podcast. Uh, that is several clips from Team Perspective Sports with my brother Lane Green. Uh, very funny episode, but also an important episode dealing with uh, keeping sports in their proper place uh, as Christians. All right, without further ado, my number one favorite moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast in a hundred episodes. My number one favorite moment. Uh, I was going solo for this one, so uh, you'll just have to bear with me on it, but James chapter 5, part 2. This was season 2 with the Scattered Abroad Network, episode number 9. And this was kind of one of those moments that I had. I actually was preaching a sermon on James chapter 5, and I had one of those light bulb moments, and I said, wow, that is really, really something to think about. And I included it. Uh, later on in the podcast, and I'm going to include it here. This is my number one moment on the Everyday Christian Podcast, in my opinion, uh, dealing with something from James chapter 5. Take a listen. Verses 17 and 18, we have a powerful example of what prayer can do. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You can read about this in 1 Kings 17, verses 1 and following. But the point I want to make here, and listen close to this, is this. Elijah prayed for that which was to his own hurt. 
He was living in a wicked generation of people. He prayed that it would not rain, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Did you did you know and, and remember that Elijah was affected by that? He had to go down by the brook just to get water, and the ravens brought him food, and then the brook dried up. You see, Elijah suffered. Because of his own prayer, he prayed it because he knew that it would influence those wicked people to wake up. Elijah prayed for that which was to his own hurt. Are any of us doing that today? Praying that God would send a wake-up call, if you will, to this wicked generation in which we're living? That's pretty tough. But that's something to think about. Elijah did. And that prayer was powerful. Well, there you have it. My number one most favorite moment in 100 episodes on the Everyday Christian Podcast. Certainly a powerful, powerful thought from James chapter 5. Well, hope that you have enjoyed listening to these clips from various episodes. My favorite episodes... Uh, that I've done so far with the podcast. There were so many others that I could have included. Uh, just, I'm so thankful to you, the listener, for listening to uh, this podcast. You, you mean a lot to me, and you're the reason that I do this, because uh, I want to get the message out there and try to help you to be a, a faithful, everyday Christian. Um, just so thankful that we're 100 episodes in. Lord willing, I hope that we're to uh, 300 episodes in before long. And I'm just so thankful to you, the listener, for tuning in. I've got a few honorable mentions that uh, I wanted to include briefly. uh, Some other favorite episodes of mine you can go back through and and find and listen to if you haven't gotten a chance. Methods of Evangelism did a a series on that with uh, John Mitchell. Uh, Also, Mentorship Opportunities did a special series with Joey Davis uh, there, as well as a couple of episodes uh, with Gage Coldwater on uh, the love of money, as well as materialism. Those are a couple of my favorites. And also, uh, another series that I really enjoyed was uh, For the Love of Preaching with various uh, hosts at Scattered Abroad Network. In fact, most of the guys that are on Scattered Abroad Network, um, I've got several episodes with them uh, on For the Love of Preaching, how they got into preaching, why they love preaching, etc. Really enjoyed that series. And then one other one, uh, evidences for the Global Flood with Brett Rutherford. Uh, some good Christian evidence uh, topics there for you to consider. So go back and listen to those episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode, this very special episode, our 100th episode of the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you, and Lord willing, tune back in next week for episode 101. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.